when you really believe in what you're selling, then it's easy because it is genuine conversation. It's connection with people. You have a problem. I can help you solve it. That sort of thing. But it's also remembering that you're actually selling all the time anyway. You're selling to your friends when you're deciding on what movie you want to go watch. You're selling to family members about where you're going to go for lunch or who's coming to who at Christmas. You're selling to your spouse all the time and you are always selling to your kids. Welcome to the Juicy Closers podcast, where it's all about juicing your sales game so you can earn more money in less time. Join us in creating Yes Closers. Subscribe now to never miss a juicy tip. Now, here are your hosts, Tina Gray and Janelle Holden. Hey, hey, Juicy Closers. Hey, Janelle. How's it going? Good. How are you, Tina? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited today because we have an amazing guest here, Fran Excel, and I want to tell you all about her. Fran is a subconscious success mentor who helps business owners overcome self-sabotage and get more done in less time. She is a host of the Top 100 podcast, the Positive Pants podcast, and the creator of the Nicer Framework. And with her multi-modality approach, Fran has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs identify the unconscious thoughts, errors that are holding them back from success and making the money they want. With her guaranteed no fluff, practical and actionable approach, she helps them retrain their own brains so that they become an action talking success without the stress. How juicy and amazing is that? Welcome, friend. Thank you for having me. Yay, we're so excited. I love all of that. Um, why don't we start with just a little bit about your business and sales experience? I know our listeners who are all mostly in sales or entrepreneurs themselves would love to know a little bit about where you come from in terms of sales. And um, yeah. Well, I've been running my business for a few years now, but prior to that, I had uh, 15 years actually in sales and marketing and advertising in the media industry here in the UK. So I worked on huge brands like Hello Magazine, The Telegraph, um, trying to think of ones that you guys might know as well. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a bit of a baptism of fire because when I got into it age early, early 20s, I wouldn't say boo to a goose. I was really shy. I was the kind of person who was just like, wouldn't go anywhere by myself. And I was thrust into this industry, very male dominated industry where I had to cold call independent financial advisors because <laughs> I worked at the Financial Times. So from there, my confidence just grew and grew and grew. And I ended up having a 15-year really successful uh, media career. Amazing. And what got you into what you do now? So tell us about that transition and what led you to that. Well, media is a a little bit of a young person's game, you see. And being in my late 30s now, (laughs) it was one of those things where I always knew that I needed to um, have a career. I always wanted to have my own business. It was something that was hugely important to me. And actually, one of the things that led me down this particular path, because this wasn't my first business, was my own mindset issues. Um, Back in 2014, we, as in my partner and I, we lost our business and um, we lost our home, lost everything. And I kind of had to go down the road of really, really taking a step back and having a look at myself. My anxiety was tremendous. I was probably averaging about three and a half hours sleep a night. I was the most negative person that you could ever meet. I referred to myself as Eeyore on a bad day. And when I tell people this now, they're like, no, 
shut up, you're lying. <laughs> um, but it was, it's one of those, we all have that kind of rock bottom story, don't we, as entrepreneurs, where that, that moment where you kind of realize that something has to change. And I actually did psychology as an A-level and I was obsessed and I did sociology and communication at university. So I've always been fascinated by human behavior. And I just went down that rabbit hole <laughs> and I just kept going. So now I'm now qualified as an NLP practitioner, a transformational coach. I'm a heart math practitioner. I'm trauma informed. Um, yeah, I, positive psychology. This is why I say multimodality, because I don't believe there's a one size fits all. Um, and I think knowing that you love something that you're passionate about, something like sales becomes super easy because it's just a conversation, right? That's right. Exactly. Just a conversation like we're having now just to get to know people. It's all about relationships more than anything else. So it's safe to say that you know the importance of psychology and the mindset when it comes to sales. <laughs> and I love that um, because <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, you know, our our whole theme is mindset. And we know with your um, experiences, you have some amazing tips that you can share with our listeners. So what would you say um, are, you know, the top few tips that you have when it comes to helping people sell better and within, you know, your, your, um, your way of going about it? Oh, I've got a few. So number one, most important is work out your unconscious beliefs first around sales, around money, around people giving you money. You've got to do your money mindset work around sales itself and what that means about you as a person, because we can attach so much to our identity in the no, right? But then at the same time, we can often fear the yes. So if we don't work this stuff out first and really do that inner that inner piece, it's really, really difficult to then carry on because 97 to 99% of everything that we're doing on a daily basis is run by our unconscious. So we've got to know what's in that. Otherwise, it's dominating the show. And when you can actually pick that apart and really look at it square in the face, you can then make more conscious choices. So that is my absolute number one. And then the second one was, was just as I said earlier, starting to reframe sales as just having a genuine conversation. You know, it's a relationship that you build with someone. And when you really believe in what you're selling, then it's easy because it is genuine conversation. It's connection with people. You have a problem. I can help you solve it. That sort of thing. But it's also remembering that you're actually selling all the time anyway. You're selling to your friends. When you're deciding on what movie you want to go watch, you're selling to family members about where you're going to go for lunch or who's coming to who at Christmas. You're selling to your spouse all the time and you are always selling to your kids as well. So it's just starting to reframe that that thing because so much connotations around sales and selling and, and what that means. And then the, the, first, the third one is if people don't know that you can solve their problems, then you can't solve their problems. So... If you have the key to help someone out of pain, why would you want to hold that back from them? And that's a massive one for me. It's something I'm always teaching clients is, is make it more about them and less about you. And that's why when you do the unconscious belief work first, that stuff disappears. That, that then doesn't become an issue. And it is more about helping that person on the other side with the problem that you can get them out of. And then number four, confidence comes from doing. I talk about this on the podcast all the time. So many people want that magic pill 
for confidence and the magic pill is to do the thing. I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but it's so true. If I can start as someone who wouldn't say boo to a goose and end up with a 15-year really successful senior career in sales, then it shows it's possible, right? So that's something that's really, really important to think about. And then the last one is don't ignore the obvious. I like to call it the low-hanging fruit, so to speak, is what we always used to call it in, in media. It's like, okay, what's the lowest hanging fruit? What's the easiest people for you to reach? And I sometimes call it lazy marketing. And this is when you, it's reframed as a genuine conversation. You can go to a networking event and you're talking to someone. Uh, it can be you're on a podcast and you're, you're just talking about what you do. And all of these things, you will have people that you can reach out to. Being bold enough to say to your current network, hey, guys, I'm launching this thing. Is for this type of person, if you know anyone like that, I'd be really, really grateful if you could share it with them. It's also being bold about going out there and actually creating your own network, like I was talking about, going to events, starting to understand, collaborating with people. I've had so many instances where a collaboration has turned into sales on both sides. So it's just not being precious about the way that it's supposed to look and making it more genuine. So, so, so much of successful sales is just connection and relationship. So they would be my top tip. Oh, I love them. They're all so juicy and I have so many questions. So let's start with uh, working out your unconscious beliefs, which is number one. And I'm assuming that may be the heart of actually what you do with your clients is help them work out their unconscious beliefs first, obviously. So walk us through how that even, how do we find our unconscious beliefs? How does the average person <laughs> delve into it and go, well, what is it that I'm believing that's holding me back from making more sales? Yeah. Well, this is where journaling comes in, which is my absolute favorite tool. Um, there's so many people that, that think journaling is this stream of consciousness thing where you're just picking apart your day. But it's actually a huge amount of it. The science-backed journaling, that can be powerful, but it can be as simple as asking yourself a question. What is success to me? And seeing what comes up because your unconscious mind is always going to deliver you what you need to know. So it's also before you even get to the journaling stage, just noticing that there may be some resistance. So what are you resistant to? Noticing the triggers is the first piece of the puzzle of in, in the self-awareness. Um, so when you're kind of looking to go live, for example, and you know you've got a pitch or you've just delivered this amazing webinar and you're, you're so pumped up for everything, all the amazing information that you've given people. And then in the last tiny five minutes, which is the pitch, I'm going to go, and so anyway, I've got this thing. Um <laughs> So if you want to know about that, just message me, you know, that kind of thing. It's like noticing that desire to do that, that behavior itself and, and start to pick it apart. Obviously it's helpful to do it beforehand, which is why I said, dig into around sales. What are your beliefs around sales? So for example, our brains thinking images a lot of the time. So when you say, what do you think about sales? The word sales or selling will conjure up an image and often that could be the car salesman. That's kind of the stereotypical society-based belief around sales, right? That it's hard, it's pushy. But I suppose another tip as well would be, how do you like to be sold to? Because that will be a little bit of a, tr a, a trick of how you unconsciously like to be sold to. What feels good to you is how you will get the sales yourself. 
because when you're attracting your ideal audience, they're going to be like you. So don't do something just because a guru says to do it. Do it because it feels good to you. Always think, how would I feel being on the receiving end of that? And that's unconscious as well, isn't it? So it's just starting to pick these things apart. Grab your journal. What is what is sales to me? What do I believe around selling? What images comes up? What thoughts come up around sales and selling? Because also a huge piece of selling is visibility, isn't it? So understanding that being visible is selling yourself in a way. So if you've had something in your childhood where it's, you know, children should be seen or not heard, or perhaps you were punished for being loud or noisy or being too much, that's all going to work against you. So that's why it's, it can be really, really helpful to work with a mindset coach or, or anyone along that lines, a therapist, whoever it may be, to work this stuff out because you're not going to come up against those problems. But often you do find out the hard way. You notice you're like, oh, I should have done that and I didn't. And so then it, it, it's about not beating yourself up for that because it's going to happen. It's unconscious. So when you do something, <laughs> that's making the unconscious conscious, right? Completely agree. And it's funny, I was doing masterclass with um, Steve Martins on, on comedy. And he was talking about that, um, those questions that you ask yourself. And his question was, what do you like at your best? So I think that's a, such a good question as well for people in sales. What are you like when you're at your best selling? And it made me really think about what what am I like at my best? And I love that question that you brought up. What is success to me? What does that actually look like? What does that feel like? And uh, and I totally agree about using the golden rule in the sense of how you like to be sold to is usually what your best tactic will be in selling to other people. Uh, I love that. For me, it's all about relationship. Yes, yes. Yes. And I love that. Um, and we're just the same exact way. And so when you bring up connection and just be authentic and be yourself and have a conversation, a genuine one, it resonates with, with us so much. Um, and I think it's because, like you said, we have all these negative connotations around sales, right? Um, and then people listen to other experts and feel like, oh, I'm going to have to mold myself to sound like that person because obviously what they're doing is working. But it might work for them, but doesn't mean it's the right fit for you. And so it's finding your own rhythm to it. That is so important. Um, and I love that you um, give us permission to do that, right? Like, it's totally okay. Be yourself. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah, I genuinely think it's the key to it, to be honest. So so many people have uh, are afraid of doing cold calling, probably because they've experienced some bad cold calling themselves. <laughs> you know, they've been annoyed with, with someone who's cold call. And you have that experience. So I was wondering if you want to speak to that, especially around tip number two in terms of reframing sales. So often people are afraid to be pushy or annoying or, you know, they feel like, oh, I don't want to bother someone, especially women. Um, so tell us a little bit more about how you overcame that in terms of your cold calling and and the work that you did there. I kind of reframed the whole thing. We we used to call it warm calling because you would call people. And again, it's like, you have this problem. I can help you solve it. But for me, it was all about it's going back to being being myself. It's like, what's going to relax someone on the other side of the phone? And for me, there's this, this thing that I like to call calling it as it is. Like call out the elephant in the room. Like we know it's awkward. 
So when you actually think about if you've ever been on a cold call or if you've been called by a company and you start off and you're a bit angry because they've interrupted you, all of these different things, what got you on side? And it tends to be a little bit of humor. It tends to be like, I really hope that this isn't a bad time of day. All like all of these different things that you can say to, to bring a little bit of your own personality into it, which will again build that relationship and warm the person on the other end to you. Like, oh god, I know it's super annoying when people just call you out the blue in the middle of the day, but I promise you, I'm not gonna waste too much of your time. You know, just be human. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Be human, be yourself. We use humor all the time in our sales um calls. I mean Basically, we have a saying that if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. So humor is a big part of how we sell. Um, And I love that you said in tip number three, if people don't know that you can't solve their problems, then, you know, obviously they're they're not going to buy from you. So you have to be willing to put yourself out there and share that you have something that can solve people's problems. So what are some of the mindsets that might hold someone back from doing that or what if, how have you helped people who have felt a little bit shy about sharing that they have the solution to somebody else's problem? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is, is building confidence. It's but building confidence in your own product. Because when you are confident in your own product, nothing's going to stop you from selling it. But when you've also done the work around the unconscious beliefs that you're bothering someone, that it's pushy, when you're not, when all of that stuff goes, then it becomes easy. You'll be amazed how easy it then feels to be able to sell. I can remember I was doing a, a launch for um, a friend of mine who has a huge course called One to Many, uh, Lisa Johnson. And I was an affiliate for her. And people, people were messaging me going like, how are you finding this so easy? I'm like, because I believe in the product 100%. I've been through it myself. I know that my audience need that solution and that's not something that I cover. I know it's the perfect fit for them. So I'm going to, it's, the way I like to look at it is like if, if, you, if someone needed heart surgery, you wouldn't hold them back from getting the heart surgery, right? You wouldn't, if you had the best heart surgeon on speed dial, would you not tell them? Like you just wouldn't. So when you've got, you have to believe in what you're selling, that what you're selling is going to be the thing that that really, really helps that person on the other side. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it's really interesting since we're, um, we build out sales teams for, for our clients. And oftentimes they forget that their mindset, so they, they kind of think, oh, I have my own sales team now. I don't have to do the selling. I don't have to be, I don't have to work on my mindset. I don't have to you know, be interacting with people in that way anymore. What a relief when actually their mindset about it is really important because it ends up affecting the sales team. Um, so, so I think it, you know, in, in organizations too, it can be really important that everybody's mindset gets on the same page around the belief in their own product and service, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I always said when I was in sales, so many people in that industry, they they could just go and sell anything. You know, that whole thing, I could sell ice to an Eskimo. I'm not like that. I know that I have to believe in a product to be able to sell it. So I only worked on like big brands that I believed in and that I could kind of sink my teeth into and be passionate about because that comes across. If you're not passionate about what you're selling, it is going to come across. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's really hard to sell something you're not passionate about. So, Tina, do you have, I, I feel like I've been doing a lot of the question asking here. Go ahead and jump in if you've got questions. Oh, you're so good at it. So no worries at all. Um, I agree with all of that, ladies. It's amazing. Um, and, you know, to to your fourth point too, Fran, um, on confidence. It's so important to have that confidence. And I know what you just shared earlier with believing the product is part of that equation. Share um, with us a little bit more on how how can you help people who don't have confidence right now gain that confidence? Well, this is the thing. There's the reason I've done so many episodes on confidence. <laughs> One of the biggest things, right? And it's get your reps in however, however you can. And sometimes that may mean starting smaller. So if you're, if you're new in business, it's what's going to be an easy win for you and try and get those. And it's, it's, again, it's kind of going back to that low hanging fruit. If you can get that easy win, if you can have that give your brain and your nervous system that evidence that it's possible, then it's going to become so much easier. And that confidence just naturally builds and it builds quickly as well, because as soon as you've done it once, it kind of blasts out the belief that you can't do it. Right. And then that just builds over time. So you're always going to be more confident three years down the line than you are when you're first starting out. But it's what can you do when you're first starting out to get those easy wins and build that confidence, knowing that it's going to come. Because the other thing with confidence is a lot of the time, it's what stage of learning you're in, because there's four stages of learning. There's you start out and what is what I call blissful ignorance when you are unconsciously incompetent, that you just don't know what you don't know. So you can be a little bit cocky about it. It's absolutely fine. You're like breezy going into it. And then stage two is when you are consciously incompetent. This is the painful stage. This is the bit where all the thoughts come up, all the, all the lack of confidence, all the low self-worth, all of those issues are going to come in this stage. It feels sticky. It's not fun <laughs> because you are painfully aware of what you don't know and you are painfully aware that you're new at it. But being in that stage, knowing that the third stage is inevitable and will come can be a massive comfort because you can take that step back and understand that it's not you. It's not something at a core identity level. It's just that you're newer at something. And then the third stage is where you are consciously competent. This is where you know what you're doing, but it's not habitual yet. It doesn't just roll off the tongue. You still have to think about the steps a little bit, but you know what you're doing. And then the fourth blissful stage is where you are unconsciously competent. That is where it's just second nature. You know what you're doing. It's like water off a duck's back, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So knowing that those stages are coming is something that can give you that confidence. But while you're in the sticky stage, allow you to take that step back a little bit of a zoom out and and kind of observe yourself, observe the thoughts and the beliefs and the behaviors and actually start to pick it apart again. So you can see how this all starts to link together. Wow, I love that. And it was such a good way to explain the stages and help people understand it. That's that's okay, because you're going to get better. Um, And, you know, sometimes what we see is people who are at the very top blissful stage, yet something triggers them and they kind of reverse track. Do you ever see that? Yeah, yeah, of course. It can be sometimes like if you've come across an objection that you've never handled before. Something, it's still the same process. It's when something happens and it's something new, but then you can lose that confidence again because then you can be like, well, hang on a minute. I thought I knew what I was doing. And then that doubt creeps into your mind. And 
that's the age old thing of like, you've got to get back on that bike, right? Got to get back on that horse. There's a reason that saying's there because that's how you then get that confidence back. But there's always going to be things that come up where it's the first time it's ever come up and you're like, oh, I don't know how to handle that. Yeah, it's funny. We're we're in those stages all the time because we're selling for different clients or our teams are selling for different clients. So sales feels unconsciously competent at this point, but the product itself and learning all that. So it's really good to hear that and go, oh, yeah, that that's why it feels that way each time. And so, you know, don't, it's not something to get down on yourself about or feel bad about just to say, hey, I'm in a learning process. I'm learning how to sell this versus, you know, I can't do it or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's it's the, the key is to not make it something about you on an identity level. It's a big thing that I see all the time when people are beating themselves up. It's, it's something that they feel is fundamentally wrong or broken within them and is absolutely not. Exactly. And I love that last point that you gave about um, don't ignore the obvious. <laughs> and uh, I think that's so good. Um, people tend to forget that they actually have sort of money on the table for themselves and their business. They have people that they could call and talk to. They have people that they've talked to before that maybe they haven't followed up with. And uh, and I'm assuming that it's it's probably all of our blinders, those unconscious beliefs that keep us from seeing what's truly right in front of us, like where that where the actual money is in our business, right? Yeah, and it's it's watching our own assumptions because it's really easy for us to make assumptions around what's in somebody else's bank balance, you know, whether somebody's going to be able to afford it. All of these different things start to come into our minds, and that's what you know the whole reason that people have pipelines and existing client sheets and all of that sort of stuff because it may be that there's someone that you haven't spoken to for a while and you just follow up with them I've done this a million times where I've just followed up with someone and genuinely just reached out to say hey how are you doing let me know what what's going on in your world at the moment and sometimes that conversation will turn into actually I could use you for this do you see what I mean it's just it's just not making those assumptions that because someone's bought before that they won't buy again and it's using those relationships. That's the low-hanging fruit. That's that's the place where you've got those existing genuine relationships with people. And you can you can kind of just keep that, keep that going. It's never ignore someone when they stop working with you as well, is a big thing to think about because they're people. It's just again, it's coming back to that human element. Just be a human with them. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like so many people do uh, that the wrong way because when they're first reaching out, it's not so much of, hey, how are you? You know, just checking in. It's more of, hey, I got this thing. Do you want to buy it? You know, it goes straight into that pitch and it breaks that relationship and that rapport. And so I'm so um, glad that you mentioned be a human, check in with them and just form that authentic connection because you genuinely care about what's happening for them. Yeah. And when it comes to assumptions, you never know. If they've had a good experience with you, that they may not decide to recommend you to someone else. Oh, hey, actually, there's someone who could really use your service at the moment. You just don't know. So don't make assumptions. So give us a bit of an inspiring story. So tell us, if you if you don't mind, about a client, um, obviously with all the confidentiality that you can, um, who has worked with you and worked through some of these unconscious beliefs and maybe what happened as a result so that people can get inspired to do this kind of work for themselves, um, you know, the mindset work in order to, to get better results? Oh, goodness, I've got tons. So it's things like that a huge amount of people say to me that when they come to me, and this is always the way, 
mindset's kind of the PPS, isn't it? It's like it's the the final, the last ditch attempt rather than going and kind of working on this stuff first. But quite often I get people coming to me where they feel like they've tried all the things and nothing's quite working. And when that happens, it's just the most inspiring and incredible thing to watch. And I'm I'm very, very big on making sure that my clients own their own results. They are just facilitated and gave you a couple of pieces of information that allowed you to do this, but the, like the onus is on, on them completely. So I've had clients where they've had a huge fear around posting on social media. They've then gone and launched podcasts off the back of it. And then they've gone and secured um, sponsorship and all of that sort of stuff. There's people who were about to quit on their business and then they've just completely transformed it. One of the things I see all the time actually is someone's been trying to make a business work, but unconsciously they don't want that business. They want a business, but they didn't want that business. And then through working out this stuff and actually being able to take a step back and look at things consciously and realize, okay, what does success look like to me? What does happiness look like to me? Like, what does the ideal day look like to me? And actually looking at this stuff then allows them to create this incredible business. And it's incredible to see how quickly that can then take off because it's built around you and your values and the way that you want to live your life. And it's not colored by other people's opinion and comparison and all of these different things. Um, I've had loads of people launch books that they've procrastinated over for years. Um, I've had lots of podcasts launch. All the, a lot of it is around fear of visibility, which again is, is to sales. And being able to just confidently reach out to people and get those four-figure, five-figure clients, that's just huge. Coming from somewhere where they were just like, I can't, I can't reach out to someone in the DMs. I just can't do it because they've got all these beliefs around what it means if they do about them as a person, how they're going to get judged by the other person. So you've got to work on the fear of judgment. You've got to work on comparison. You've got to work on not caring what other people think, being genuine being visible and being okay with it saying like hey i'm here and i'm ready to help you solve your problem so yeah tons of stories it's honestly just makes me the happiest person alive to be able to do this sort of thing and a, a lot of people actually come to me when they can't finish qualifications as well so degrees uh, diplomas all of these things and then they'll be doing that alongside building their business up from scratch and then by the time they launch it they're just so confident they're just this complete new version of themselves when I say new version of themselves they're just more of themselves because we can get so bogged down in opinion and and societal pressures and the way we should be and all of that sort of stuff like how amazing is it to be able to have an authentic business that is genuinely built around you and who you are at a core level without all that gunk so, so true. It's amazing to build a business that is built around you without all that gunk. And it's really your authentic self. So absolutely. If totally enjoyed everything that you've shared with us, Fran, so much. Thank you so much. Can you tell listeners how to reach you? And then a little bit about that. I think you have a gratitude journal on Amazon. Um, so how they might get, you know, find out more about you and get connected with you. Mm. Well, I'm normally hanging out on Instagram. That's my happy place. And I'm at I'm Fran Excel. Um, you can also, if you want, if, if you feel stressed around sales, I have a freebie for you if you would like it. It's just bit.ly forward slash stressed to success. And what that does is it calms down your nervous system when you just, it's brilliant to use just before you're about to get on a call 
when you're feeling nervous about something because it takes you out of that fight or flight mode and back to that base level where you can be more conscious and make better decisions and kind of be calm going into it, which obviously energy is a huge piece of the puzzle when it comes to sales. And yes, my gratitude journal is out on Amazon now. You can literally go to Amazon, type in um, my attitude of gratitude, and it will come up. It's 365 days of um, gratitude journaling, one day per page. It's I mentioned journaling before, but it's genuinely one of my favorite tools. And in terms of sales, this tool is amazing to use because you can do future gratitude. Now, what that does, again, is work with your brain and your nervous system to bring it into reality in terms of it being normal. Yeah, because our brain doesn't like new things. So it can make it so much easier. You know, you can write in things like, I'm so grateful for the three clients that I managed to get today and do it from a, from a place of, I'm so grateful for the 20 grand of sales that I made. All of these different things that just help you get your brain to work for you rather than against you. So juicy. Love that. Woo! That's amazing, Fran. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We got so many good tips and um, amazing action steps that our listeners can um, start implementing. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. My yes. pleasure. Thank you so much having me. You are welcome. And for our Patreon members and uh, those people who want to become Patreon members, Fran is going to stick around and share with us some juicy stories and tips as well, just for you all. So uh, do stick around or go to our Patreon page and become a member to listen to um, our extended interview with Fran. Thanks, Juicy Closers listeners. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure and subscribe. Next week, we're excited for you to meet Karen Graves. Karen is a sales mentor and consultant who loves to sell high-value transformational programs and teach others how to sell as well. She has over 20 years of sales experience, and we literally call her the pro. You'll love her juicy sales tips and stories, so make sure and tune in next week to hear Karen Graves. Thank you so much for our guest today, Fran Excel. We've had a great time. Juicy Closers is brought to you by Defy Sales. It is written and hosted by Tina Gray and Janelle Holden. Produced and edited by Julie Tran, creative writer Valeska Griffiths. Music for this episode composed by Drew Pigeon. And special thanks to Tijuana Ship and Eloisa Villanueva. 